and welcome to a brand new episode of Injury Time. Your one-stop shop for everything Indian football. Like always, joining me today is Nathan here in the studio. Hey Nathan. Hey Naveen, how was your weekend? Weekend was great. India was in action. Not the best of matches, but still I can live with that. And joining me on a phone call is Sandeep. Hello Sandeep. Hey, what's up? How are you guys? I'm doing good Sandeep. Did you catch that match against Maldives? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of it. Not the whole one, but uh, yeah, most of it. Alright, guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the SAF Championship that is underway in Bangladesh where India has performed pretty well. That was quite expected of this team. Two wins in two matches to take them through to the semi-finals. We'll get to that in a bit. But before that, the two matches that we were talking about. First against Sri Lanka, Nathan. A 2-0 victory there. You were there covering that match here from Mumbai. What did you make of it? Uh, honestly, I was a bit surprised given that India dominated the game. Looking at the score, it's a fairly young squad. And I didn't expect that they would have such an easy time against Sri Lanka. But uh, on the whole, I was quite impressed with their performance. I was happy with Changte's performance. I thought he was a live wire throughout the game on the wings. And uh, even Farooq Chaudhary and Sumit Pasi were quite good throughout the 90 minutes. So on the whole, I thought that India did well to perform. Sandeep, Nitin just mentioned that he was a bit surprised seeing India dominate that match. Do you agree to that? You knew going into this competition, India would dominate given the fact that they are the best team in South Asia by a very, very long margin. Yeah, but uh, I think when you look at the international team, a lot of the under-23 players have already played for the national team. They have a stable position in the club side. Uh, you know, Subhashish, Anil Thapa, all of them have already played for the national team. So, it's not uh, half, you know, one a, a bad squad or a, it's a young squad, but with a lot of experience. So, And, and uh, I honestly think India is much ahead of Sri Lanka or Maldives or even Pakistan, who they'll be facing in the semi-finals. So, uh, this is a competition for them to lose if they are really going to play badly. But, uh, they, I think they will win it. They should win it. Absolutely rightly put there. And in the second game against Maldives on Sunday, we also had first-timers getting their names on the score sheet. This time around, it was Nikhil Pujari and Manveer Singh scoring those goals for India in a 2-0 victory. Sandeep, you said you got glimpses of that game. What did you make of it? Um, it's Again, similar to the first game, India was dominant for the last part. Probably could have scored a couple more. Uh, I thought Tapa had a good game. I think uh, we are finally seeing a good side of Tapa in the national colours because in the Intercontinental Cup, a couple of matches, just there was long balls and he was just kind of bypassing the field. But when he has the ball, he's really good. As you can see in the second goal that Manveer Singh scored, it was his pass that uh, got him through. Just a terrible offside trap by the opposition, but his pass was nonetheless very good. And he had another assist and a couple of good passes which were missed by the forward. Well, that about Anurudh Thapa. Any other players that surprised you, Nitin, over the two matches? Yeah, I was impressed with Subhashish Bose's performance as well, especially in the first game. I thought he was solid at the back and he contributed a lot going forward as well. He, A couple of his crosses were really good and created havoc in the penalty box. So, yeah, so he really stepped up to the plate given that he was uh, awarded the captain's armband for the first game. So And I think he's had a very successful past year with Bangalore FC and the Indian national team. so And I'm glad that he's continued from where he left off. So, in my opinion, it would be in Subhishish Bose. Sandeep, now coming to the most important question that every Indian fan would have, seeing the team go into the SAF Championship, do you see any of these players knocking at the door of their senior team when the team leaves or UAE for the Asian Cup in a few months' time? Absolutely. I think, uh, like you said, Subhishish Bose is a 100% he has to be in the team for the Asian, Asian Cup. Uh, 
because this simply because he provides you with so much options he plays center back he can play left back he's dependable he can put good crosses in he's defensively very sound so in that sense i think uh, this is a big this is probably as a captain he's going to be a big part of this team and going into the asian cup he is going to be a big player as well and we see nikhil pujari we know constantine likes him he has been in and out of the national team in the last one year last two years uh same with uh, anil thapa also we know that he likes him so uh, these players are 100% going into more like 100% according to me going to the asian cup sandeep thapa in particular over the last two competitions seem to have cemented his place in that team isn't it especially with rahul imbrojes having a difficult time in the squad yeah rahul for a while i thought he was the best midfielder during the qualification phase uh, for the asian cup he was a really good presence in midfield for india uh he since gone off the boil a little bit and then you had Eugene also who was out for a long time and i think tapa is probably uh, a similar mold as Eugene he kind of missed Eugene having those control and the passes that he straight from the field because he's been out for a year so hopefully tapa can uh, replace him i think Eugene is probably on easy to go on his way back i think the last time i spoke to him he was doing pre-season so uh, he should be back in the national reckoning so it must be maybe difficult for thapa to you know kind of push him out of the way and get into the first team squad but we'll see if he is capable of doing that so we'll see it'll be interesting well sandeep you just mentioned eugene there it's his birthday today we at injury time would like to wish him a very great year ahead and we hope to see him back in the national colors pretty soon so that about the two matches that happened at the saf cup now going forward india's up against pakistan can we expect any firecrackers there given the fact that pakistan has reached the semi final stage of this competition for the first time in 13 years or will it be a walk in the park for india again i covered an india pakistan series some four five years ago when they came pakistan under 23 came to the india came to bangalore and played against in the india under 23 uh, i think alvin jaws and all were in the team at that time under win coachman uh it's always exciting to watch india pakistan because of the history that we have with the country but uh, i think for in football it's not the same as it is in hockey or in cricket like navin you you covered a lot of hockey uh, you covered a world cup as well and you know the kind of uh, emotion that that the, the match kind of pulls out of people who are, who are coming there to watch but i don't think it has the same effect in football maybe because both teams are not at the level that the like a hockey team the indian hockey team is one of the top 10 teams in the world so pakistan so that kind of an effect is same in cricket as well and maybe because that the two teams are playing not at their home but in bangladesh that could also add to the fact that the matches won't generate that kind of interest in bangladesh of course that will again add to the fact but that doesn't mean that the players will not want to beat them they'll play extremely hard and i will fully expect india to come out of this match uh, convincingly winner winning convincingly yeah. Nothing. You expect the same, or do you have any other? Do you think Pakistan can script history? They qualified for the semis for the first time in 13 years. Can they go one step ahead and reach the finals? Yeah, I've not been very uh, familiar with Pakistan's footballing uh, team over the past few years, but uh, I fully expect India to go through. Looking at their performance in the first two games, I thought they were very impressive. I noticed the young squad, but then as Naveen pointed out earlier. Uh, it's the saf cup and india are expected to win it so i fully expect them to go through the final and play off against nepal or maldives correct yes nathan the other semi final will be played between nepal and maldives and guess what how maldives reached the semi finals 
A coin toss, yeah, farcical. It was a coin toss between Sri Lanka and Maldives with both the teams having zero points on board, zero wins on board, zero goals scored on board and conceding two goals. They had to resort to a coin toss. There was no other way out of it. I thought they could have uh, decided the semi-final based on the number of yellow cards that each team had. I thought that would have been a more fair comparison, but... Uh, yeah. A fair play there. Exactly. <laughs> a fair play there. Something that we saw during the World Cup, but SAF Championship is yet to adopt that. So, the semi-finals will be played during this week and the final on the weekend. The next episode, we'll have everything from those three matches. Now, moving on from SAF Championship in Bangladesh to something that is making news here at home in Kolkata. So guys, over the last few weeks, we have heard news coming in from Kolkata that the two giants of football in India, East Bengal and Mohan Bagan, have finally roped in investors for themselves. Sandeep, could you just shed more light on this? Uh, yeah, so from what we understand, East Bengal will be uh, giving a 70% stake to the Quest group, which is from Bangalore. Uh, Bagan are in talks. I don't know if this has officially been confirmed, but uh, they are in talks to uh, sign a 10-year deal with Streamcast, which will be for 200 plus 150 later on. So, uh, they're good good times for Kolkata clubs. But still, there are some questions. Uh, I was reading, there was a report on Goal.com where uh, this Sinjoy Bose, who is a member of the board of directors, who said that he did not know that such a takeover or a sponsorship deal was being struck with 34%, I think, is a stake that they are planning to sell. I'm not exactly sure about the number. But, uh, yeah, he didn't know. And he was asking to see if he can wait till the elections are over, which I think Bagan will be having uh, sometime this month. They'll announce the date, I think. So, uh, it's still a lot of work to be done there. But uh, good good news, obviously, for uh, Kolkata. Well, to know a little more about this, Sandeep, you ended up speaking to Debayan Sen, who is the Senior Assistant Editor at ESPN India. Well, let's just listen into what he had to say. Hello, Debayan. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Uh, as we all know that, you know, you have been covering Indian football for a long time as a reporter, as a commentator. Yeah. And uh, yourself being from Kolkata, one of the major news, I mean, you're from Delhi. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the major news is coming from, you know, uh, the world of Indian football. Mm-hmm. There's two new deals that with for Bagan and East Bengal. Correct. So we thought we would check out with uh, the most informed person probably about this matter. Could yeah. you shed some light on the deal? Yeah, see, um, as far as the Mohan Bagan one is concerned, I don't know if it's been made official yet or I think it's still in negotiations, the last I heard. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, East Bengal have gone from uh, being uh, under Kingfisher or UB Group to being with Quest now, which is a Bangalore-based company. Um I think it uh, sounds exciting for both teams because uh, it's no secret that both clubs were in some financial troubles in recent times. And um, I think this one I can say with a certain amount of responsibility that uh, especially the East Bengal deal was called off under pressure from a few officials from ISL. So um, I think uh, it points probably towards what will most likely happen eventually, that both clubs will get into ISL. And I have maintained this right from the start that ISL to have some amount of credibility will have to have at least these uh, two traditional clubs. And uh, one already saw a sign of that when they included BFC in their fold. Yeah, so are you, uh, we've always dis- uh, kind of thought that these two clubs will eventually join the ISL. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I saw one one of the quotes from 
uh, officially in East Bengal saying they are going to bid for it from November, provided mm-hmm. the sorry Mohan Bagan provided the move comes through the mm-hmm. deal comes through. So you think once they come into the ISL or if and when they come into the ISL, uh, that would be kind of the end for the I League in in a certain the standing that it holds now technically is higher than ISL. Yeah. I think uh, that will happen uh, irrespective of what happens with East Bengal or Mohan Bagan because um, if we recall the you know the so-called roadmap, uh, this was always the plan. The plan was to make the uh, Indian Super League the top division and then to make uh, I League sort of the second division, which in theory sounds absolutely perfect. But um, the only objection I have with it is that uh, ISL is basically a closed group where you come in only after you pay the franchise fee, which I think is to a certain degree uh, unfair. And of course, the second issue of not having any promotion and relegation. So um, moving forward, I wonder what kind of motivation clubs will have to field teams in the I-League uh, because I don't think playing an end-of-season Super Cup is you know, enough uh, to warrant having the kind of expenditure which it needs to run a football club in Indian football. And we are already seeing in this season, there are reports probably of uh, fewer matches being telecast. So that is already going to affect uh, the plans of most of these clubs. Uh, I noticed a tweet from Ranjit Bajaj which said that uh, his uh, the grant which is being given, which was 75 lakhs last year, has been cut down to 45 lakhs this year by the AIFF to the I-League clubs. So, yes, uh, all signs are there that the I-League is soon going to be downgraded further if, if that was possible at all. And um, yes, East Bengal and Mohan Bagan being there would have helped, but uh, I don't think that has much to do with it as much as how uh, AIFF and their marketing partners are treating the ILE. Uh, now, Steph, I, while I have one more question. I just remembered this because you just mentioned it. Like You said yeah. ISL is a close group. Yeah. Uh, we think of I-League as a, some, like a carrot dangling for the IA second division teams. Uh, but at the same time, every time a team gets relegated in the I League, they come next year, file for some, asking for some new kind of kind of exemption, like Churchill yeah. have done this year, yeah. like Isol did before they won the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, AIFF seems to be taking it into consideration and so getting it done also in certain you know uh, times. Yeah. Do you think this kind of impacts the league because you can run a club however you want and not have any consequences, and at the end of the day, just say you know. Okay, Goa football needs representation. Or we didn't have uh, the other team who finished us below or exempt from relegation and all these kind of things. Yeah, yes, I mean, uh, I would partially agree in the sense that uh, it is a slightly bizarre occurrence. But then you've got to also take into account the fact that uh, you've had so many clubs closing down. So to maintain a certain number of teams in the I-League, uh, maybe it's inevitable that uh, some teams will come back, some clubs will come back because second division right from the outset, is meant to only promote a certain number of teams. So maybe, uh, yes, I mean, the way it happens is probably a little bit farcical. But uh, I think most of these clubs have been justified to an extent in asking for uh, coming back. And we saw in, in the case of Aizwal that had they not uh, stayed back in the league, you know, that fairy tale run would never have happened. So, well, guys, that was Dibayan sharing his thoughts on the two Kolkata teams getting a new investor, getting more money for their operations. Sandeep, what do you make of this whole development and whatever that Dibayan had to share? Obviously, Dibayan has been, you know, the experience that he has in the sport, in Indian football as a commentator, now as a reporter. He's got a lot of uh, inside channels also. He's a very well-aware person. So, uh, I have... Everything he said, I and I totally agree with everything he said. 
it is going to be a big deal if they move on to the ISL. We don't know how they are planning to do it or if they will do it. I'm sure they'll apply. They might end up having three teams in Kolkata, which again causes a lot of confusion. But uh, I guess for the fans who have been supporting their teams for the last close to 100 years, then uh, they'll have a great... It, it's always nice that they go to the highest level and uh, obviously that is the ISL. Well, Nathan, coming to you, if Bagan and East Bengal reach ISL, if they end up playing in the ISL, do you see ATK losing out on a fan base? Well, uh, I've actually spoken to a couple of Kolkata fans regarding this and... Looking at three teams from Kolkata representing the ISL, I don't know how that's going to pan out. I've been hearing reports that uh, East Bengal and Mohan Bagan are going to be stationed outside Kolkata during the ISL. So I don't think that's going to sit very well with the fans. But uh, having said that, I think these two teams joining the ISL, hopefully in the in the next few years, will be a huge advantage. Uh, I don't know what, what that means for the future of the I-League. But for the ISL, it's going to be huge. I mean, the kind of fan base they're going to generate from these two teams will be enormous. And uh, yeah, let's hope for the best. Well, Sandeep, before we move on to something else, one more thing that I want to ask you. You have covered I-League for a few years now. What have been your best moments so far? In the I-League? Yes, in the I-League. I think, uh, you know, that final match uh, when Bagan won the title in, I think, 2015. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, I think you were also there with me. Yeah, Belorada scoring that equalizer just three minutes from time. The the whole point of the I-League uh, was to have a season where it culminates with the last match played between the two title rivals where both of them need to, one needs to win, one needs to draw and they're playing and uh, one team is leading and to score in the last five minutes and then take win the league. I thought uh, the air went out of Kantiva Stadium. I can tell you that much when uh, the goal was scored. But it was an exciting way to conclude the season. I think consistently, I-League has provided great stories. You had Aizol, you had uh, the Bagan one in the last minute, you had the BSC one for the first time in 2013. Then you had Minerva winning last year. Yeah, so uh, I think I-League has constantly surprised us uh, in the last uh, four, five years for sure. Okay, those were best memories for Sandeep from the I-League. Now, moving on to some news from youth football. The India Under-19 team is once again on an exposure tour, quote-unquote. This time round, registering loss against France, a 2-0 loss there. Then a loss against Slovenia, 1-0 loss there. And then losing to Croatia, 5-0. Remember, this team is preparing for that all-important AFC Under-19 Championship, which also works as a qualification for the 2019 Under-19 World Cup. How do you see this, Sandeep? Everything they play, they just end up losing. Or are we just lo- looking too much into the results? You, you know, you're playing opposition so far above your level. France Under-19 team, if you look at the France team that won the World Cup, a lot of them are under 25 or 25 and somewhere close by. So, uh, you, you have to give it to them. They're the world champions. They are Croatia is the finalist uh, of the World Cup. And they have a great uh, youth system as well. Again, we saw a lot of them play. They have a golden generation now. But I guess the next generation wouldn't be that far behind. So, we are playing against teams which are much, much higher. And now I think we are going for a two-match series in Serbia to play their under-19 team after, immediately after this tournament concludes. So, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how much it helps to keep losing to bigger teams. But at least they are playing tougher opposition. Well, all we can do is hope for the best for these teams. Floyd Pinto, Hannes Boys. Like they won against Argentina. If you win one of those games, then the morale that you gain from it and the confidence will be huge. And also the PR, like you mentioned last time around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now moving on from the under-19 football to a few questions that our listeners have posted to us. 
Sandeep and Nitin, be ready. There are Twitter artists who have a few questions for you all. First up is Rajiv Gowal. His handle goes, Kab Aayega Weekend. I think he's still on a hangover <laughs> in Monday Bloons for him. So, Sandeep, this one's for you. Can India win the SAF Championship? Yeah, they should. They should win it easily. Uh, well, not easily. They should win it convincingly. But uh, we'll have, uh, the, one of the issues that I have is constantly, every time he talks, he talks down the team's chances. He keeps saying, we are not favorites, we are not this, we are not that. He does that to the national team as well. Uh, it would be nice if once in a while he said, when everyone knows that this is a team that, this, a team that India should be beating, it would be nice if he just says, yeah, I think we are favorites and we will actually play to win and stuff like that. Instead of sounding, you know, a little bit like, oh, uh, if we don't know, they are a tough team. You're not favorite. I, I really don't get it, but that's just way I guess. So now coming to you, Nitin, there's a question for you as well. It's from J. Loki Gaukar. His handle goes J. Loki 10. And his question is Who is, according to you, the greatest foreigner to have played in the ISL? Ooh, tough one. Um, Quite a number of them, really? It's only been five years. Uh, being a Chennai supporter, I would have to say Alano because of all the stuff that he did for the Marina Machans winning the ISL in 2015. And but uh, I would also like to point out Ian Hume because uh, he is uh, the ISL's all-time top scorer and he's done great things with Kerala and ATK. Uh, I, it was sad to see him uh, miss out most of last season, but uh, I'm really excited to see how he teams up with Marcelino and Alfaro at Pune City. But uh, yeah, it would be El- uh, Elano and Ian Hume for me. Sandeep, do you agree with Nathan Elano and Ian Hume, or do you have anyone else on your list? Uh. I mean, it's difficult to disagree with Ian Hume as, you know, the main man because nobody has scored more goals than him. So, uh, I guess you have to put him right on top. Uh, then you can probably... I remember uh, Mendonza, for Chennai, he was there for, I think, a season or so. Uh, I was really impressed. But me, personally, I enjoyed watching Elano and uh, currently now I like to watch uh, Marcelini as well. I think those two are just great players. Dimas also, I think. But none of them, they've only played a year or two. So, they'll probably need to put in more time to, before they can be considered one of the greatest. But I think this year, I think Marcelino and uh, Dimas will be interesting to watch. Well, listener, there you go. The picks by our panel on who is the best foreign player to have played the ISL so far. Do you agree with them? Or do you have someone else on your mind? You can write to us at InjuryTimeIND and on Facebook. You can like and follow us on Facebook.com slash InjuryTimeIndia. Well, that's all we have on this episode of Injury Time. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Sandeep, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Nitin, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Naveen. Had lots of fun today. Well, that doesn't sound like he had fun, but he says he had fun. So, let's just go with that. Guys, that's all we have on this episode of Injury Time. Have a great week and enjoy the game.